Welcome to Ambitious Motherhood, the podcast for the mom who is chasing after her dreams in motherhood and business. This is your permission slip to pursue all that you were created to be and live out your calling both in and out of your home. Here's your host, Katie Fleming. On today's podcast, we're going to be diving into the strategies you can take and implement to grow an engaging Facebook group. So I want you to dive into this episode with me, but first, let me tell you a little bit about Allison Hardy. Allison Hardy is a business strategist for mompreneurs. Through infusing their business with a hearty dose of automation, authentic soul media-driven Facebook lives, and stepping into the role of an influencer through email marketing, Allison helps women raise their businesses while they are raising their families so they can live life by design. Allison is the creator of Life by Design podcast, a Huffington Post contributor, and has been featured in YFS magazine, and she was named one of Washington, D.C.'s most influential professionals under 40 by Washington Life magazine. She's also wife to tear and mom to five-year-old Camden and eight-month-old Nora. Guys, I'm excited to jump into this conversation, and whether or not you have a Facebook group that you are hosting today, I think you're going to find a ton of value, and as you're listening, you can really understand and think, is this something I want to do for my business and for my strategy, and then here are some tangible tips that you can take away. Definitely, like I mentioned towards the end, screenshot this show and share on social media by tagging Allison and myself. And if you have any questions, I will personally respond with a video message to help you get your Facebook group questions answered. And I know Allison will be all about those DMs as well. Let's dive into today's episode. Hey, Allison, welcome to Ambitious Motherhood. How are you? I am good, Katie. How are you? Doing good. I'm so excited to chat and hopefully our kids will behave during this nap time-ish session. Hopefully. Let's fingers and toes crossed. They always know when we have plans, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mine was refusing to get buckled in the car seat after car line. And yeah, that was the start of that 15-minute thing about having to get her buckled. Oh, my gosh. Where do they come up with these things? Like, you always do that. So, like, why is it all of a sudden now, like, we're not doing that anymore? I think it's the gave an inch, take a mile thing. Because, like, yeah. we were riding from, like my grandparents house which is literally a rock throw away and I didn't buckle her and I should have known better should have known you went down the rabbit hole I did (laughs) (laughs) well fill everybody in on who you are and just how you kind of come into this online journey in entrepreneurship Sure. So I was kind of thrust into the online entrepreneur world um so I had been teaching college level art for 10 years. You know, I did all the right things. I did the, I have the fancy degree. I went to the good school. I had the the assistantship, which got me a full ride. Like I did the whole thing. And so naturally after I did the whole thing, I got the dream job and I did that for 10 years and I was on tenure track and I worked at a really great university. I was teaching dream clients. I was teaching dream students. I was teaching all the classes I went to. I was super young and I was like this really like up and coming, innovative college art professor. And then at six months pregnant with Mr. Camden, my first, I got laid off from that amazing dream job, you know, that I thought that that's what I wanted. And getting laid off at six months pregnant is not exactly on everybody's to-do list. I, because I got laid off, I didn't get any sort of um, severance package. 
and I had no maternity leave also. So like, even if I would have stayed in that position, I still didn't have, you know, income coming in after Camden was born. So my husband and I had saved up for five weeks. That was all we could do. And so I was going to take a five week long maternity leave. And that was like, just how it was. That's how life was. So getting laid off three months before you're supposed to be born, um, was a big problem. We had the five week cushion and that was it. So it was kind of like my do or die moment. And I had had this super small part-time hobby status, personal training business. Um, I've always been a really active person. I went to college on a full ride for track. Like it wasn't like, it seems very obscure, but it like actually made a lot of sense for me. So I was like, all right, like it's finally time to take this thing that was kind of like a passion project and make it full time. And so I was able to take it from, you know, $100 a week to replacing my nine to five income in those three months before Camden was born, which was awesome and great and cool and very grateful for it. But I worked like a crazy person, crazy, 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 like 16 hour days. Um, I went to preterm labor a couple times because I wasn't, you know, drinking enough water. Um, And it was just like a very like lack and fear-filled time of our life. And Camden was born into a family in like crisis, quite honestly. Mm -hmm. And as soon as he was born, about two weeks later, it was actually on my 29th birthday. I remember I woke up and I was like, something is different. Like something's wrong. Something's off. And it took me a while to figure it out, but it was postpartum depression. And so couple newborn lack of sleep, postpartum depression, and then working 16 hour days. And you just have a recipe for like a disaster. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I kept that pace up for a really long time. And then I totally just like burnt out. Like I, I had pneumonia, like I had a physical reaction to it. I had pneumonia. I had broken ribs from coughing so hard because of pneumonia. Mm-hmm. It was crazy. It was absolutely insane. And so it was kind of like my <laughs> second aha moment. Um, and it was like another like, all right, Allison, it's time to like refigure this out again. And so that's when I really transitioned my personal training business to business strategy coaching. And I know that sounds very strange, but I figured like, if I'm doing this, like other people out there are probably doing this too. And I did as much as I love fitness and I still love it. I love nutrition. I really don't like talking about it all day long. I can talk about business all day long. I could talk about Facebook ads till I'm blue in the face. I could talk about Facebook groups and Instagram marketing and all of that. Like I love that. So I transitioned to business strategy coaching and things just clicked. Like it just started to feel really easy. I saw like, Hey, you can actually take a day off and nothing's going to die. Um, and you know, I started implementing these, these different types of strategies to really grow a really heart centered, beautiful business on my terms, because I, I finally realized like I couldn't do it on anyone else's terms. Like I had to do it in my own way. And by granting myself that permission, that's when everything started to kind of like fall into place for me. And I was able to scale and grow quickly and, so now that's what I help women do is I help them to scale their business, simplify it and do it all authentically. And it's love it. awesome. <laughs> I love it. And, you know, I totally, when you said that you went from the fitness to the business strategy, it seems like a weird jump, but mm-hmm. at the same time, I'm sitting here thinking that's your, that was your gateway business. That was your, that was your ticket into this online world. That was your first 1k. You yeah, know? and mm-hmm. and I think a lot of times the people I work with, they want to go from zero to the business you have or the business I have, and they forget that first little part where we've got to really hone in on like how can you serve somebody today? What's your low hanging fruit that you can grab off the tree, and and just kind of get yourself rolling, get that momentum. 
Yeah. So totally. I, I love that you mentioned that. So have you always had, I know you, you host an amazing Facebook group. Have you always had that since your business strategy business started? I have. So one of my big core like beliefs, my like, have you read the book, The One Thing by Gary Keller? No, but it's in my Kindle. Oh, I just, I've never read it. <laughs> it's so good. So I read that book very early on in my business and I actually read it like a couple times a year because every single time I read it, I get something new from it. So my one thing is facilitating groups and I'm actually super introverted. So people are surprised by this, but like, I love leading a group. Like I love like the connections. I love talking to people. I like learning about them. I like learning about their journeys. I love all that. And so a really great way to do that is to a Facebook group because you can get really niched on who that group is for. And so you can get a bunch of people in one place. They're all kind of doing the same thing. And so for me, that always really, really motivated me. And so from very on in my, my business, especially with my personal training business, I had a group, a Facebook group just for like my clients. And then, um, you know, as they, became not my clients anymore. They would still stay in that group and I could still keep in touch with them and I could still love on them and give an advice. And, you know, I could still like be there for them, but in a, you know, not a, not as in an intense way. It's just a good way to like keep them in your wheelhouse. So yeah. I've always loved it. And, it. and my group has had many different names. It's been, I think it's on name like number six, but it's really like evolved with my business. And it's been the, one of the best things besides email marketing that has helped to really grow, grow my business. And, and in any business I have had in my personal training business, business strategy business, it's always been um, a super, super valuable asset that I have. And why do you think, like, could you pinpoint one specific reason why? I think it's just a different way to connect with people. As you're, you know, as you're like building a group, you, it should be very clear who it's for. So mm -hmm. like my group right now is called, and this may change, you know, who knows, but right now it's called the mompreneur community. So it's very clear who it's for. It's for mompreneurs. And by using the word community, it, it's a different feeling. Like instead of like the mompreneur group, like it's different, a different feeling than community. Right. So I generally attract really heart centered mompreneurs and that, that works for me. That's who I work with. That's who I am. And so I just think it's a way to kind of like find your people, mm -hmm. especially if you don't have that in person. Like I don't have that type of, um, there's hardly any entrepreneurs where I live. I live right, right outside of DC. And so there's lots of like government workers and they're all very powerful and serious and wear suits. And I do not. <laughs> and, um, so it's just like a great way to get a group of people who have similar things in common. And it's also a great way to just connect with people. If you like, like people, it's a great way to really find people. And so I just yeah. think it appeals to, to different. I think it just, I think it's just a great way to get in front of a new group of people and to use like social media to leverage that, to use Facebook's algorithm to fill it and to really make sure that it's getting in front of new people every single day. And I think it's great that you can do that on social media because there's definite things that Facebook likes and Facebook doesn't like. And so you can use those things that it likes to really build your business that way. Okay. So first question is how do we get clear on who it's for? Mm, it's for your ideal client. So whoever your ideal client is, that's who your group is for. Um, if you want your group to move your business forward, if you just want to connect with people, um, make it about puppies. Right. If it's about puppies, if you want to learn about puppies, make it about puppies. Yes. Yeah. But you know, 
Your group should be for your ideal client. And it's a great way for you to step into the role of an influencer as the head of your group. You have this amazing group that has all these amazing people in it and you're the head of it. Like how amazing do you look? So it's a great way to connect. Um, it's a great way to really attract your ideal client to you. Yeah. And you mentioned algorithm, get the algorithm mm -hmm. to fill it for you. What, explain more about what you mean there. Uh, it can be so cool. So there are a couple of things that Facebook's algorithm likes and you always hear, oh, the algorithm is killing my business. It's making everything not seen. It's because you're not playing to the algorithm. If you're going to complain about the algorithm, learn about why you're actually complaining about it. That's my two cents on that. But Facebook always likes Facebook groups. Facebook wants you to come to Facebook to be a community. They want you to come to Facebook to get your news. They want you to come to Facebook to connect with people. So there are certain things that it likes that you need to do in order to get your content seen. And one of those is have a Facebook group. Facebook likes Facebook groups. They want you to in community with people. So doing like just being consistent in your group gets it boosted in the suggested groups area. Doing Facebook lives gets it boosted in the suggested groups area. Um, and you know, I can like finding out what those things are like specifically that Facebook likes. Well, and then doing those things in your Facebook group, it'll grow it organically. People will find it very easily through suggested groups area or just the toolbar search searching keywords. I get that all the time in my group. You're they, like, I searched the term mompreneur and your group was the first one that came up. There are 10 quadrillion groups out there named with the term mompreneur in it, but mine is at the top because of very specific things that I do in my group. Mm -hmm. So has visibility in the algorithm, has it changed recently with groups? Have you noticed any of that in your groups? I've heard people say that, but I haven't seen it. Okay. And so it probably has something to do with what you're doing in your group. Totally. Yes. And I have clients, um, I have students in my Facebook group course, and they're not experiencing that either. So I think it's a, you're not doing the right stuff thing instead of doing the right stuff thing. Mm, that's powerful. I like that. So, okay. So if you were starting your business, this, I think I know the answer to this, but <laughs> if you were starting your business today, would you still, would Facebook groups still be a part of your marketing strategy? Totally. Yeah. I think that, um, I think your goal of your Facebook group should always be to roll people over into your email list. The goal of your email list is not only to make sales, but to connect with people in other areas. So once you have them in your group, offer them a freebie, an opt-in, whatever you want to call it, roll them over into your email list. Once you have people on your email list, invite them to join your Facebook group, buy yeah. from you, all those things. Um, so I think that a lot of people get confused in that they think they have to have this big list before they start a Facebook group or vice versa, big Facebook group before you start an email list when actually the both can grow simultaneously. You don't have to have one in order to have the other. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So what are like those things that we should have in place when starting the group? Because like I, when you first start a group, I've heard this from some of my, my students that they say, well, it's like a party and nobody's there yet. So how do you like prepare for a party you're not sure anybody will RSVP for? You know what I mean? Yeah, no, that's such a good analogy. So I think that there's, there's definite benefits actually to having a smaller group over a bigger group. So a smaller group, you're going to get people who see more. So if there's 50 people in your group, when, they, when someone posts, those people are going to actually see that post, right? Because it's not getting flooded. Like the, the feed in there isn't getting tons and tons of stuff in there. Mm -hmm. So it really gives you, as the expert in the room, the opportunity to really love on those people. You can post questions. You can tag people in things. You can answer their questions. Like it really gives you the opportunity to serve them in a big way because the group is so small. You can take that time. Whereas 
So that would, that's what I would suggest on that. Just really love on your people. Do Facebook lives in there, give them lots of value, um, you know, have ways for them to connect with you in other places, offer up your freebie all the time, of course. Um, and just really like show up for them. I think that's a great way to do that. And, you know, you can have contests for inviting people to join the group. So you can have group members, um, invite people. You can have them like, like there's ways that you can get them to create content. So you're not constantly posting in your own group. Like it's just a matter of establishing that culture. So there's definitely some pros to having a smaller group. Whereas the pros to having the, the, Pros for having a smaller group are actually the cons for having a bigger group. So like my group right now has around, I think we're like almost at 3000 people, which is great, but my content doesn't get seen in my own group, mm-hmm. which is crazy to think about. And it's awesome, which, which means that like my group is really engaged, but nobody's seeing my stuff. So it's important that you have some systems in place when people onboard into your group so that they know who the heck you are and so mm-hmm. that you're like maximizing And you're getting in front of them in a really clear way in order to grow your email list. And is that through like a pinned post? You do a pinned post. You can do the questions feature. You can do your cover photo. um, You can link your page to it. Now there's lots of different ways, like small little things within your group that you can do to really lead with your brand Mm -hmm. and with what you have to offer. Right. So you're basically saying get somebody to kind of take a next step in getting to know you. Yes, 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 yes. And I do find that um, having your name in your Facebook group. So like my group is the mompreneur community with Allison Hardy. Um, The reason why my name is in there is because I want you to know it's actually mine. I had this really interesting experience where my name wasn't in my group. It was just the mompreneur community. And so I was commenting, you know, commenting on people's stuff. And this woman was like, why are you all over this group? Why are you? And I'm like, hmm. It's mine. (laughs) So interesting. She's like, you're always commenting on my stuff. And I was like, well, (laughs) so I was kind of like, oh, because you're in my house going with the whole party analogy, right? (laughs) You're at my party. (laughs) Um, So like, it just kind of told me like, oh yeah. Okay. So this is a problem I have right now. How can I solve this? Um, And doing things that are subtle, like having your face in your cover photo, like an image of you um, again, helps to like reiterate, oh, this is who this is. Okay. Um, so it's just an interesting, it's an interesting thing that happens when your group gets a little bigger. Mm-hmm. So how do you handle people coming in that are selling similar things to you? It's cool. Community over competition. Totally fine. I'm with you. And there's yeah. a lot of, and the reason I ask is I have a lot of people that will come to me and say, well, I want to, I want to post in groups and I want to share my value in other places, but they don't allow promos or they don't allow, you know, whatever. There's a ton of rules and like just guards to them coming in and, and thus they just end up not even going into that group. And so when I created mine, I created it very open because I want it to be that community over competition thing. Yeah. I have two comments on that. So first one is a story. So when I first started my business, there was this Facebook group, which will remain nameless that I loved. I loved it. I was in there every day. I was commenting back and forth. I was getting a lot of like friend requests and like really like loving the community that group had created. And I got a Facebook message one day from one of the admins saying that I was no longer in the group because I was providing too much value. No lie. That's exactly what she said to me. And I was like, what? (laughs) Like what? If anything, it makes your group look good because people are like engaging and I was totally taken aback by it. Um, so, you know, is this before you, you really got your, your grip on Facebook groups or was this after you realized how the game worked? It was probably a little bit 
before. Yeah. I had my Facebook group, but it probably had like 500 people in it at this point. Okay. Um, so it like left a really bad taste in my mouth. I don't like, there is more than enough to go around. Like, and I'm not even, I'm not promoing. I was just like commenting and like supporting and engaging, like nothing promo-y at all. Um, so I thought that was really interesting. It really left like a really bad taste in my mouth, um, with that brand and with that group. And it, it, I thought it was just such like a, a lack, you know, I always go back to that, like a lack mentality. It was really interesting. Um, and then the other side of that is with my group, I don't allow promos because I want it to actually be a community. So I find that people who are constantly posting promos, they're not actually developing those relationships and it's actually doing them a disservice because they're not building their business in a way that is long, like setting them up for longevity. So I kind of view it as my role as the admin, as the owner of the group to not allow promos so that people do actually build relationships. Otherwise it's not the group for you. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that is so good. And I think I have a very similar story too, where I had like this mom moment one day and I went and wrote out this text and I, I think I had the intention of putting it on Instagram, but I was like, you know what, this group needs to hear this. And I posted it. And within minutes, maybe even seconds, tons of people were commenting about how helpful it was. And before you know it, I went back to check a, to check a, a, a comment or something that somebody tagged me in and the post was completely gone. Mm-hmm. And I was like, come on, clearly it's getting like people, moms need to hear whatever this is. I don't even remember what I said, but you know, it, it was one of those moments where I was like, okay, bad taste in my mouth. Yeah. yeah. Not your people. Not my people. And the whole community over competition, it's such an interesting conversation. And I think like until you really like get in and experience it, you're never going to fully understand what I mean when I say like, you're just going to connect with some people and you're going to not connect with some other people. And that's fine. You're going to literally attract your people who you need to work with and who need you. Yeah, totally. And that's a good thing. You're not made for everybody. Like that's not the point of your life. (laughs) So like, just like, just know that it's fine. Like you're not everybody's person and that's okay. Yeah. Yeah. So take me through the workflow and what it looks like on a weekly basis with managing a Facebook group. Oh, that's a good question. So, um, it's actually pretty chill. So on Wednesdays, we have live stream Wednesday. This has been a strategy that I have had for a while that works really, really well. So one of the things that Facebook likes is Facebook live. So if you can do Facebook lives in your Facebook group, you will notice that the more Facebook lives you do, the more requests you get to join your group because Facebook likes it when you do Facebook live. So I was like, okay, like how can I maximize on this? So on Wednesdays from 2 p.m. until 5 p.m., you can do a Facebook live in my group. Any other time, they're not allowed. Um, And I do this because when you can get a bunch of Facebook lives going in a very short amount of time, you're gonna get lots and lots and lots and lots of traffic. You're gonna get get boosted in the suggested groups areas like crazy. And so that's what I have on Wednesdays. It's my, the only prompt that I actually like keep. And I've been doing it probably for two years now at this point. And I can say every single Thursday when I go in to my group in the morning, there's at least 20 requests to join my group, which is awesome. And it's super fun. And it's, it's so like rewarding and people actually like look forward to it. And there'll be some days where I forget to post the prompt and they still do it. And it's awesome. It's just like this cultural thing in my group. I actually think today, now that I'm saying this out loud, I think today I, I forgot it. So we'll see what happens. <laughs> As we're recording this on a Wednesday. <laughs> Almost at 2 PM. Yes. <laughs> That's so funny. That's brilliant. Um, yeah. That. It works really, really well. Um, and it really just, it's like a safe space for people to do Facebook lives because I have found I'm not like this, but Facebook live terrifies people. 
And so if you can provide like a space for them to practice it or them to, for them to perfect it or for them to do it in front of a crowd that's not going to throw tomatoes at them, like they, they're open to it. So it just creates a really kind of cool sense of community. Um, and then every day in the morning, I go through and remove spam or someone on my team does. I have a couple of people that help me. Um, so remove the spam, remove the junk that gets put in there overnight. Um, and then really it's a matter of, so it's an open posting group. It is an open posting group. Yes. Anyone can post any time for sure. Um, but you're not allowed to do promos because again, back to the whole developing relationships thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then really like everything else is pretty easy. I try to do a Facebook live at least once a week. So usually on a Tuesday or a Thursday that delivers value. Um, I try to do prompts every now, like maybe two or three a week to get some engagement going on and to serve as market research. Mm-hmm. And um, really it's just a matter of kind of like changing the cover photo with what whatever I'm promoting at the time, whether it's like a webinar or a challenge or a live stream event or whatever. Um, and just a matter of like keeping the group high vibe and staying energized and granted some weeks I post in there a whole heck of a lot more than others but it's okay and quite honestly nobody really notices or cares like they're just there to really create and to connect with other people and so um really just being like being the facilitator for that connection is the it's kind of like the main thing for me that's really what motivates me so encouraging people commenting offering up advice saying, Hey, I have this freebie and this might help. Um, I think that's really like kind of the most important part of running a Facebook group. Mm -hmm. And was there ever a time when engagement, like you were the only one posting or talking? Yeah. I mean, early on, you're going to have that. Uh, you're going to post something that you think is amazing. You're going to get one comment and it's okay. Just know that like it's going to happen. Um, but sometimes it's a matter, especially in the earlier stages of your Facebook group of creating that culture of engagement. So, being consistent and posting in there consistently and tagging people and be like, Hey girl, you have this expertise. Like, what do you think? You know, um, it's going to happen, but like the more consistent you can stay, the more people you're going to get in your group, but the more you're going to create this culture of consistency and engagement and, um, of support and help. Is a Facebook group right for everybody's business? I think it is, but you have to want it. So you have to want to have a Facebook group. You have to want to create those relationships and know that it's a long game, not a short game. Like you're not going to have quick wins through your Facebook group. It's not going to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, no, there's no tripwire through your Facebook no, group. There's no tripwire. Um, <laughs> what it can do though is set your business up for longevity. I truly think that Facebook group is never going to get rid of gr- Facebook is never going to get rid of Facebook groups. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that they're, as much as people say they're dead, I don't believe they're dead at all. I think they can be these amazing things that, attract, again, attract your ideal clients to you, but know that it's going to take a while. And I, you know, I've had clients who have product-based businesses. I've had clients who are on MLMs. I've had clients who, you know, almost like any genre you can think of. I've had counselors. I've had therapists. I've had health coaches. I've had a lot of different things. Um, all of them have Facebook groups and all of them are doing well in them. Because they know that, because they know it's a long game and because they're thinking about it as an investment, but also strategically. So they're thinking about it in a way that actually works and actually gets results, but knowing that it's not going to be quick wins. Yeah.
Hey, just wanted to pop in real quick and make sure you knew about my free class, how to make your first 1K online without sacrificing your family life. Because girl, I know you were interested in building an income and taking your idea and turning it into a profitable business, but you're not interested in doing that at the expense of your family. Am I right? So hey, grab your free seat at 1kmom.com forward slash free. See you inside. So the person who kind of knows their expertise and they're listening to this and they're, you've convinced them at this point to start a Facebook group, what uh, kind of walk them through how they could go from taking these people in their group into their offerings, whether it's coaching or a course or an ebook or something like that? Yeah, for sure. Offer them your opt-in at all times. So all of us should have a landing page, put your email address in, get a freebie delivered to your inbox. And then from there, they get sent through a series of sales emails or maybe not even sales emails, nurse sequence, developing the like interest factor, and then you pitch them something. That's like the best way to do it. Posting in your Facebook group constantly about your offerings. It's not like your Facebook group is not a marketplace. It's not what it's for. It's for relationships, your email list. That's what that's for. Your email list is to sell. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, develop the whole like interest factor first, but that's where you sell. That's where you're going to make sales. And that's where, again, longevity, if we're thinking about longevity, that's where you're going to make your money. Your yeah. Facebook group is to roll people over into that. So you can offer up your freebie in your cover photo. You can offer it up in the questions that people get when they ask to join your group. You can have it in the pinned post. You can have it in the description. You can maybe offer it up once a week through a post where other people offer up their freebies. Like there are ways to get people on your email list quickly um, through your through your Facebook group. Yeah. Do you do the question when people join? Oh like, yeah. To put a freebie. It works like gold. What would you say your your percentages? Because I've been kind of trying to figure out and track what ours is. I think it's around seventy percent. Yeah, I was gonna say I think it's about seventy eighty percent. Yeah, and it blows awesome. me away. Yeah. So like think about it like this: if you're getting you know, 10 people in your group a day, seven of those people are going over onto your email list for free, for free. You're not paying for Facebook ads. I mean, that would cost what, like a good Facebook ad conversion rate is like $5 these days. That'd be $35 every Mm -hmm. single day. So after a week, how much, I don't know how much that is. It's over $200. So like you can do that for free every single day through a Facebook group. Yeah. I mean, so uh, that do what Allison's saying. Do the whole um, things that'll make Facebook happy and like you and push your group, and then have the things on the back end in place to grab emails. So asking questions, um, and then bonus. I would say, and we'll hear what Allison says about this in a second after I say it. <laughs> but um, I love to ask market research questions, like in those things, like what's your number one struggle with blah blah blah. And we, my assistant goes through and approves people and takes that information, puts it in a spreadsheet so that whenever we need to create content or a new workshop or a program or something, there's this huge arsenal of information with y'all's words. 100%. Two things I ask are, how did you find this group? Mm Because that tells me like, where are they coming from, right? You're not playing the guessing game anymore. And then, yeah, second question is, if you could wave a magic wand in your business, what would you change? That tells you like the number one thing that's wrong. Um, And it's like the gut reaction. And most people say um, either like finding my ideal client or sales, which is really interesting to me. So um, yeah, it's super fascinating. That, That ask questions feature I think is gold. And I was not using it for the longest time. And I'm like, oh, I wish I would have implemented this sooner. 
Is there any new features that they've rolled out? It's starting to look different in some groups I'm in, so I'm wondering if things are rolling out. There are some new things rolling out. Um, for a while, you could do ads in groups. That was like for like two days, I think. Yeah. Um, and then they killed it because it was terrible. <laughs> um, I think they rolled that out when they started doing ads in the Messenger. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I think they got rid of it. Or at least I can't do it anymore. Um, I'm seeing watch parties. Yeah. I don't know what those are. Nope. I haven't even tried it because I'm like, uh, I don't have time for this right now. Um, And we'll have to experiment together. I know. (laughs) But I heard a lot of people say when they added the feature to link your page to your group that things tanked. And I didn't experience that at all. Like my traffic stayed the same. Um, But that's really all I'm seeing right now. Yeah. Yeah, I saw something the other day. I can't remember whose group it was, but it was like a mentor-mentee kind of yes. thing. Yes, yes. Have you seen that? I have. There's also like a, um, it's almost like a course. Like there's like units you can yeah. do. It seems like a course, like a course platform. Yeah, um, so it's like a group type. You pick the course or it's some kind of group type that you pick. Yeah. It's Maybe that's what it is. Maybe it's the group types that gives us access to different things. Yeah, you know, I haven't even thought about that because my group is, I think it just says community support or community building or something like that. So yeah, that's interesting. Hmm. Do some research. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So we've pretty much covered everything. Tell me what your naming tips are. Is there a certain, like, does the, the high keyword word need to be at the first, you know, part of the phrase or how, how can we name our group in the strongest way possible? I think there's two ways you can do it. Number one, you can do it for your ideal client. So like, like I said earlier, mine is the mompreneur community. Very clear who it's for and who it's not. So like when dudes request to join my group, they just get denied. Um, so you can do it for the ideal client or you can do it for the pain point you solve. So like I have a client who named her group like the busy mom's guide to wellness or something mm-hmm. like that. So it's very clear, like again, but again, it's another it's another ideal client. So her, I guess, is pain point and ideal client combined. But, you know, you like busy mom, like you don't have time for wellness. So like, here's this guide, this group to kind of help you figure that out. So I think that two, there's two approaches to it. Just make sure that those words are words that your ideal client actually uses. Mm. So things like, um, like my, my group used to be called Life by Design. And that's now my podcast name. But Life by Design is not searchable. Like nobody's good for mompreneur and business support. Nobody's going into Facebook and searching life by design. Mm-hmm. I love that term. It's like a huge part of my brand language because that's what I help women do, but nobody's searching that. So make sure that your group is actually searchable. As soon as I changed over from life by design to the mompreneur community, it became very clear who the group is for. And I started to notice a lot more traffic. And quite honestly, I don't really like the mompreneur community, but it's very clear like who it's for. I don't think it's very creative or very fun, but you know, it gets the job done and it's just really a lot clearer. So I think it's kind of like a twofold um, ways you could approach it, but clarity is also just really important. Yeah. And don't be afraid to change it. You know, it's totally fine. And guess what? Nobody cares. Like people are always like, Oh, I don't want to change my name. It's been like that for two years. I'm like, it's just a name. Like, it's totally fine. Yeah. Not yeah. Gonna, and if, and like, if your business is changing, you got to change your group name. Otherwise they're going to be like, all right, it's for this, but we're actually talking about this. Like, it doesn't make sense. Yeah. So, and use it as an opportunity to like go live and explain your process and like why you're making this transition. Right. And like I said earlier, I think my group has had six names. It's okay. Like you can change it. It's totally fine. Yeah. <laughs> so cover photos. Is there any like frequency we need to update those or is it really just whenever our business needs a different update? 
I think if you're promoting something like a webinar or a challenge or something, definitely update it. Um, but you can have just generic, you know, cover photos. You could change it, like make it pretty and change it every month or so. But I don't think there's like a need to frequently change that. So good. So good. Well, if you are listening and you have any questions that I have not asked, definitely screenshot this episode, tag Allison and myself on Instagram. Allison, what's your handle? Allison underscore Hardy underscore. She has two L's in her name, people. Two. And two underscores. It gets real confusing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I've, like, come into contact lately with people, Allison's and Michelle's, who have decided that they just, like, one L. And I'm like, yes, this life. Why? Why do you only have one L? It's double the fun if you have two. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I just think it's funny. So, yeah, tag us on Instagram and post it to your stories and ask your question. I mean, I'll shoot you back a video message. I don't care. I don't care. <laughs> I love me some video messaging. So, um, yeah, definitely we want to help you get your questions answered. But, Allison, like, let's go into those final four questions that we ask every mom on the show. You ready? Oh, I'm ready. Okay, cool. So, what is one mom and or business owner hack to help others manage motherhood and business well? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Give yourself massive amounts of grace. It's okay to not be perfect. Actually, nobody likes it when you're perfect because it's boring. So if you're doing Facebook Live and your kid walks naked in the background, like what happened to me the other day, it's totally fine. It's mom life. And quite honestly, if people don't like it, they're not your ideal client and they're not going to buy from you. So it's okay. That's hilarious. <laughs> he was totally naked. Like we're talking like the stairs behind me, totally naked walking down the stairs. And I was like, what are you doing? <laughs> Boys. <Are> your clothes? <laughs> Um, so if you could do this all over again, what would you tell yourself or what would you start with? I would build my email list. I would actually like do email marketing and I would actually invest in a business coach instead of telling myself, oh, I can figure it out through YouTube and Google. Yeah. Yeah. It would have gone a whole heck of a lot quicker. Mm, sounds just like me. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so email marketing, like it doesn't have to be that fancy. You just need a way to capture emails and then you need some kind of a set plan to reach out to the people that are trusting you with their, their email address. So, I mean, I, I know a lot of people that are like, well, I'll just, I need to get my email under control. Like, just get it under control. Let's do it. Just, it just, it take messy action. Like again, give yeah. yourself some grace and just do it. Like there's no point waiting around. Like there's literally, like this makes me crazy. People are saying, oh, it's not my time or I'll do that when, you know, it's, it's like, there's no point in waiting for that. Do it now and just do it. Yeah. Yeah. There's no point. That's such a good word. Yeah. <sighs> so what is your favorite app system or software that you'd recommend right now? Ooh, I mean, Asana and Trello, they just kind of keep everything under control. Do you use um, both of them? Interesting. I do use both of them because like, this is the thing. I work with people and then people will work with me. So we have different, you know, we have different platforms and it's a little crazy, but it works. They're both easy to use, so you can figure yeah. it out. And they're both free. Exactly. Yes, they are both free. It's awesome. So that's good. All right. Now, what is the best book you've read? Is it one thing? I think so. Right now, I'm totally loving it. I'm also also a big fan of The Desire Map by Danielle Laporte because mm -hmm. um, it just kind of helps you figure yourself out and it helps you figure out like, why do I do the things that I do? Oh, right. It's because I'm motivated in this way. Um, so for me, it was like a big kind of like, oh, that's why I do that because I like that. Oh, right. That makes sense. Um, and it helps you kind of like understand like, hey, I'm procrastinating because of this or hey, I'm super ambitious because of this. Mm -hmm. 
and I think it's a great, it's a great, a great book. And I have the one that has like the workbook in the back of it. Oh, so nice. it like helps you to like work through and. And if it's the one I'm thinking of, it's really pretty too. It's gorgeous. Yeah. It has beautiful colors on the front. Yeah. I love watercolor, <laughs> like a unicorn. Yeah. We're going to the dentist this afternoon with my oldest and I'm trying to convince her that she's going to get unicorn sparkly teeth Oh, to make it luck. seem like it's exciting. Good luck with that one. Yeah. She's not excited. <laughs> I think I'll probably promise ice cream afterwards, which is not the best post-dentist <laughs> choice. But you know what? You do what you got to do. You know what? Whatever works. Just make it through. Just make it through. Yeah. It'll be fun. Well, what is the next book you're looking forward to reading soon? We are going to start reading Profit First in my Legacy Mastermind. So I'm excited about that. We do a book club every month. So that is this month's book club. Month. I'm mm-hmm. excited. I've never read it. It's good. It's a good one. Well, I think I made it halfway through. Half of it was good. Hey, you know what? Reading a book, like, that's a big accomplishment for me. It's hard. I'm the kind of person, though, like, when I get what I need, I'm done. Next. That's how I feel. Mm -hmm. So, no need to finish books. No. no. I mean, I do like to, but I don't finish every book. I'm the same way. So. (laughs) That's why people are, like, on Instagram or something, they see, like, oh, a new book, or I've got, like, seven going right now, but it's, like, I'm not actually reading seven. (laughs) <laughs> taking bits and pieces yeah <laughs> i'm gonna go with my mood very flowy with my book choices so well this has been amazing i love hearing all of your expertise on facebook groups and i just would love for you to share a little bit more about how our audience can connect with you and get to know more about what you do Sure. So we'd love for you to join my Facebook group, the Mompreneur Community. Just search on Facebook, you'll find it. And then my podcast is named Life by Design, and we have episodes every week that come out. So I'd love for you to check it out. Love it. All right. Well, yes, and definitely tag Allison and I. Screenshot today's show, Allison underscore Hardy underscore. Yes. That'd be I love great. It. <laughs> well, it's been so great talking with you. Thanks for joining us. Thank you, Katie. Thanks for joining today's episode. If you enjoyed today with Allison, definitely screenshot the show as you were listening and tag us on your Instagram stories. We would love to hear about the aha moments you had and what you gained while 